Hello and welcome to Polyhedron, your multifaceted podcast for everything RPG related. I am your host, Matthew, and the other person in the tiny little black box in front of me is Scott. Heil. Heil to the virus. It has come to collect. No, it's had. No, that's that's no, we're not going to do that. Uh, unfortunately, our good friend of the show, our other co host, Ryan, just couldn't make it this evening. He is fine. He is just taking a little bit of a break. It's okay. You can do that. Self care is, is, uh, is He is uh, getting ready for uh, Star Wars. Yeah, he's got to pump himself up. Save his juice. Yep. Um, Scott, I'm going to ask this like I always ask it. Mm-hmm. How's your gaming been? Uh, it's been all right. Um, yeah, it's been good. Uh, Vampire's been kicking along. Uh, I had a really good kind of intense set it session uh, where they had to grapple with the fact that they just murdered a bunch of people. Um, yeah, as you do, as vampires as do. do. Yeah, as they do. I mean, yeah, I mean, they were hunters, so you know. Uh, but, but they had it coming. I mean, on a certain perspective, yes. yes. In, <laughs> in a species versus species conflict, then okay. Yeah. Um, but who's really the the bad guy in the situation? Uh, I don't know. They are. Yeah, yeah they absolutely I mean, are. Yeah, yes. they're vampires. They're fucking they're vampires. vampires. Like it's, it's it's really hard to. Uh, this is off topic slightly. That's actually one of my fundamental issues I have with vampire. Why I can't play vampire because fundamentally, you know, from a meta perspective on definitely the world of darkness meta is vampires are bad. The only ethical moral thing you should do is go sit out in the sun. Like, yeah, I mean, but you know, I mean, it's along the lines of, well, it's like, if you're a vampire and let's say, let's say you were made a vampire against your will. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like you are what you are. Some asshole did this to you. Sure. sure. Um, uh, even if you like sought it out, yeah. There's no way you know what you're getting into. That that is true. But from the perspective of like you are a soul predator in the world of darkness, and all your life will ever be is blood and ash, essentially. Mm-hmm. Even ones made against your will, even though how tragic that may be, mm-hmm. you are only perpetuating it by existing and i it's that fundamental truth that always like grates me when i play vampire i mean uh, th- there's all sorts of of ways that you can spin it you mm-hmm. can have an existence like my one of my favorite like uh whenever my whenever like i've had a character that's had to had to basically justify his existence uh i've always come up with uh well you need at the very least we are people who can take the long perspective Mm-hmm. We can we can experience and and think about the human experience, the culture, society. We can really take a big step back and look at it for what it is from the the for, with one one foot outside the human perspective, but one foot still in. Right, and it's like we we can come to these conclusions. We can have these things, but we're also, you know, blood drinking predators. That, well, it's know. the idea of where's my value? Like, how do I contribute? What, what is the positives that I can spin to make this existence agreeable for me? I always go, well, my character doesn't understand this. Like mm-hmm. I, Matthew reading the books of world of darkness may understand like the truth. My yeah. character obviously well, I mean, doesn't. I mean, there's also the, the idea that, you know, the vampire themselves really doesn't understand how bad they are um, because they don't have the perspective or like of a major a werewolf. Yeah, exactly. Like, like they, they, can't, they can't look at themselves with those eyes. Yeah. They, those are the eyes that can really like look at a vampire and go, Oh 
God. Yeah. Well, it's also like the tragedy of their being is like they are an, essentially an awakened human. They have mm-hmm. awoken to supernaturalness, but they are very limited in what they see because of the nature of you're not supposed to be like this. Mm-hmm. You, as a vampire, were never supposed to really be like this, whereas a everything major... That, everything that you are is, is the result of a curse from a spiteful god. Right, exactly. Whereas werewolves and mages are like nominally in line with how the universe functions, mm-hmm. and so they have their they are they are correct in that they are supposed to be like the way they are. But anyway, other than that, my game yeah. has been fine. Uh, <laughs> Star Wars. We haven't. We actually haven't done Star Wars in a bit. Uh, yep. I'm looking forward to playing tomorrow. Yes. D and D's been kicking along. Your game's been kicking along. Yep. Uh, we've got D and D. My game this week. Yep. Uh, which I'm very much looking forward to. This is the end of the chapter, uh, and yeah. that's going to be super fun. Uh, yeah, I'm, actually- super, I'm super eager to see what happens after we're done with this little arc, with this mm-hmm. arc, and what we go into sort of the later, like, yeah, second well, this, half, this, essentially. Yeah, this is the half. This is the halfway mark. Uh, of the adventure and there's some interesting shit that happens as you get get up up and up in the levels uh but yeah no that's going to be fun uh that those episodes are being released uh, yay uh, as of this recording there should be three episodes out in the world yes uh but um, by the time everyone hears this there should be a three grand speaking total of three episodes out mm-hmm. uh so yeah there's that's fun i think the third episode well, probably as you're, if you're listening to this when the podcast released, the third episode will be releasing tonight. Yes, yes, on Twitch specifically, on, on Twitch, and then yes. uh, then a couple then days later, yeah, yeah, then later it'll be on YouTube. I'll give everyone YouTube and Twitch links if you're interested. Go support some Lacquer TV. I'm in it. This is one that mm-hmm. I am actually in. Oh, yeah. It is super fun. Um, oh, and like listeners, please follow the like subscribe to the YouTube channel. Yes, like I don't like I don't pimp out for. Um, uh, for links and whatnot that often uh, on on here, but like I need twenty more subscribers before I can actually like have a, t- a channel URL. Yes, <laughs> and that's been bugging me for a fucking ever. Uh, um, uh, well, let me go over to my gaming. Then I have a few other things to talk sure, yeah. about that are uh, show related. Uh, my gaming has been pretty good. I've been doing Avernus. We've been kicking along. Uh, my Mad Mage game that we've talked about many many times. We've pretty much gone to weekly now. Mm-hmm. more or less we'll see how long that lasts because oh my god there's so many levels to that game um <laughs> and i don't mean just physical levels well i mean physical levels and gaming what character levels. level does it go up to 20 oh geez. all the way to okay. 20 all right. we are yeah. uh, we are trying to get the golden achievement of <laughs> dean role-playing is just actually have a 20th level legit character on the books mm-hmm. type of thing oh so by the end of that you just like you stroll out of that dungeon and you, you are unto gods yeah well we keep we leave uh, levels and we go back to the surface to do a few mm-hmm. things, but we spend obviously the bulk of our screen time in the dungeon. We're already mm-hmm. 10th level. We just got 10th level and we're like, oh my God, we're like superheroes. It's kind of nuts. Mm-hmm. It's kind of silly. Yeah, no, that's super interesting. Started playing in an, uh, an L5R game and a the, the Cubicle 7 Wrath and Glory version ah, of the okay. game. I will report more about the Cubicle 7 game later on. But that leads me directly into the news. News. And first news is show news, which is, thank you very much, patrons. We have seen an uptick in patrons, and I appreciate you wholeheartedly. Yes, we all we all appreciate you. Uh, You definitely keep the lights going, so we're good. Yeah. Um, I wanted to give a shout out. I have a couple names, Uh, Mr. Robert and Mr. John. Thank you very much for becoming patrons. We appreciate you. We thank you. on that note, I have revised some of the patron tiers. 
There is now a hard limit on the $1 a month patrons. A total of 20 people can have at any one time have that slot. You get all of our content for $1 a month. After we have 20, that's no longer the case. Uh, We will either only be having the $5 tier or I may be adding a $3 tier a month uh, for people after the 20. Mm -hmm. But there's only three slots left. So if you want to get on the ground level, you want to get it for super cheap, do it now. Well, I, I envision uh, that we'll probably have a conversation pretty soon about what, what we can do with those tier levels and maybe, yes. maybe getting that. Uh, and, you know, hey, I'll put this out to the listeners. Uh, if there's something that you want from us that would mm-hmm. be worth you giving us money, let us know. Yes, please. Uh, because we're, we're, we are clowns. We will dance for your amusement. We will mm-hmm. jump out of our tiny car. And yeah. there are more and more of us will just keep jumping out of the tiny car. Mm-hmm. There's really no Even, limit on that thing. And, and and when you don't want us to jump out of that tiny car anymore, we'll just keep doing it. Yeah. I mean, we'll 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 go we'll we'll keep jumping out for like slightly more than is appropriate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just where you can consider it going. This is starting to get uncomfortable. I think or, is- or it's all like I'd rather see them like hit each other with pies. Why are they doing this for so long? <laughs> like you know, just 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 there. Like once once you consider like okay, I think I'm gonna go go to the bathroom. Uh, but that's when you stand up. That's when we'll stop and we'll move on to the next. <laughs> uh, yeah. So please, uh, polyhedron podcast at gmail.com. If you have feedback for us about what you'd like us to do with these tier levels, hit us up with some emails. We love to talk to you guys. I've gotten some emails from patrons already about a few other things. Mm-hmm. So feel free. The door is always open for you to you guys to us. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm eager to get some of the stuff that we've already set up unlocked, like uh, getting the, uh, all of our patron content free to everybody. Yes. Uh, I would really like I, to do that. I really want to get that uh, call in show. Yes. Uh, that, yeah. that, that I think is going to be super fun uh, if we could ever unlock that. Yeah. I really would like to do that. Um, but again, regardless if you're new or old, thank you guys very much. You guys have really helped us, especially I know it's a trying time. For everyone, we really appreciate you. Thank you very much. We're here to fill the void of your hours yep. with content about role-playing. Yep. And speaking about more role-playing, on the role-playing news, there's actually been a couple of things going on lately. Indeed. Um, D&D has a new director, essentially. Yeah. I think he's been in that position for a while. They just didn't talk about it. Yeah, it was unofficial. Like, mm-hmm. he was an interim, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot the gentleman's name, Uh so Mike Merrill's has stepped down and it's Ray uh, Winninger, if I'm pronouncing that last name correctly. Mm. Uh, he's done some stuff with DC Heroes, Torg, Underground, and uh, and he worked on Out of the Abyss uh, for D&D proper. So he's sort of been in the interim for a while and now it's been made official. Um, cool. So some people are, are thinking we may see a little bit of shift in the direction of Wizards of D&D going forward, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, but they always have things in the pipe, so that's a thing. Uh, news, Scott, anything from you? Uh, yeah, actually, I just found uh, something very interesting, uh, and I was looking at the Onyx Path uh, publishing Monday meeting notes, mm-hmm. and apparently tomorrow, Tuesday, as of this recording, as so it's already been announced, um, they're releasing a new Trinity Continuum game. Even beyond the ones we know about? I don't know. I don't know if this is Assassins or if it's something new. Hmm. Uh, they're, they're not saying what it is, so hopefully that means something completely new. I would like to see it. Uh, and speaking of which, we also got an email to all the backers for Aberrant that uh, they have... Well, not a really big development revision. They are doing some extensive sort of revising of some of the stuff we saw in the manuscript. 
and I'm very eager to see how they make what changes they make. Actually, I think they're done uh, with with that. They, they've already done that. Okay. Um, well, hold on. I'm actually looking at their their list of stuff. So right, I can, t- uh, I can tell you. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, basically, what it is is they got a whole while back when they released the manuscript, they got a, tons of feedback on very specific uh, some very specific things, and they and Eddie Webb and them went through all of it, oh, yeah. and some of they could use, some of they didn't, but there was a couple recurring key issues that they're going to address. Yeah, Aberrant is currently in post-editing development stage, mm-hmm. uh, which is like the last stage before they really like push it into indexing and and like putting the book together. Yeah, they're going to re-release not a manuscript, but they're going to basically release a PDF to a beta, what they call a beta PDF, mm-hmm. to the backers so that we can give one more look over of the, of the product, give some very more uh, very Pointed. minimalist feedback, and go okay, this is these are the things that need to be addressed and then they'll move on with actually publishing the book. Yeah, no, I'm, so, I'm totally looking forward to that. That yes. That's good to see because there, there, there was some stuff. There was just some stuff. They needed to clarify a whole bunch. And I, then from the email that we got, they were like, we are going to clarify this. It may mm-hmm. not, it's not going to, not going to make everyone happy, but we are going to clarify a lot of the stuff that needs to be clarified. And I'm like, yep. just do that. I'll be happy. I can live with it after that point. Indeed. Also, I'll put a link in the show notes. They just uh, released the Technocracy Reloaded Kickstarter. Yes. Which is something I didn't know I wanted. Indeed. Yeah. Technocracy is really interesting. I, I've, I've uh, kickstarted it, so I will, I will see what they're doing with that. Uh, I, I'm, I'm really interested to see how they kind of wrap their heads around the new technocracy and like what, what's going on because – we're we're definitely not in the the bright future that technology has brought us. Yeah, there has been there was a really cool Reddit thread that somebody that somebody made of like, oh, I never expected to like want to play the technocracy, mm-hmm. and this he went and sort of extrapolate some of the ways you could do this because in Mage Twenty Edition, from I've only very briefly skimmed it, and I need to read more of it, even though I have it is like they went into a much more in-depth idea of like how paradigms and sort of like craft mages work, like the Mm -hmm. traditional mages. But the technocrats are like going through their own crisis of faith as well because the modern era technology and science has been co-opted by like autocrats and technocrats and like and basically tyrants and the ignorant. And Mm -hmm. they're like, this was not what we wanted. You guys are destroying everything that we've been trying to build since the enlightenment with your, with your tomfoolery and your egos, please stop it. And then thinking that's not where they're going with the technocracy of like, no, you guys are actually on the side of like innovation and development and science, but it's being co-opted by other like intrinsic evils in the mm-hmm. world, which I'm like, I could get behind that. Like I really could. Yeah. I mean, the technocracy, like they're, they're one of those guys that like, if you squint real hard and, and, and look for, look at them sideways, you can see how they think they're the good guys. Yes, absolutely. Um, and like, you can see how like, yeah, no, like, I mean, the order of Hermes, they were just as bad back in the day. Yeah. Like they were ju- like mages were terrifying creatures that sat in their towers and reshaped reality to their whims. And it was bad. Um, and so, yeah, I, you, you get like why the order of reason found it and why, yeah. 
that whole thing was a thing but it shouldn't but as you know same thing happens is you know once you get to a certain level of power a certain level of hubris sits in you start thinking no my way really is the best way um and then you start cracks in the foundation start mm -hmm. forming and that's what i really like about it because they're like no please don't do this with the stuff that we developed this was never like it's but because the guy was explaining like the idea of control and what control mm -hmm. means and like is it control for the sake of control or is it control for the purposes of development and people were co-opting that power to control everyone else and it's mm -hmm. like that was never what we wanted to do well one of the more interesting uh aspects one of the things that like really started me thinking about technocracy was they eventually released like a revised edition void engineers book mm -hmm. Uh, which is like one of the last ones that got released and like the through line of that was like that the void engineers had their foot halfway out the door mm -hmm. like they were about to go like they were about to to jump ship and leave the union they're gonna so sail away sail sail away some of them were going to defect to the traditions um but then like something happened out in space and like the directive came down of like, if you consider, if you even like say one word about leaving, we shove you out an airlock because Yikes. there's stuff out there and yeah. it's coming and we need the union. Yeah. Uh, like that's, that's cool. That could be a technocrat. Like if you want to go more sci-fi than you normally would for a world of darkness game, mm -hmm. the technocracy well, is a great way to do that. Mage is where that sci-fi stuff lives. Yeah. Like the, the, particularly the technocracy and, and, uh, a little bit with little bit with werewolf with weaver and, and glasswalker stuff yeah but mainly that's where it lives in mage yeah yeah and uh so that's a lot of really interesting exciting news from from our neck of the woods as it were mm -hmm. uh, do you have anything else scott uh yeah just my my whenever i think about mage and, and void engineer specifically i'm all like you know there is a there is a there is a, a slice of the multiverse where the void engineers like go like touch with the the trinity continuum and they have some really interesting conversations with scions and it gets yeah. really tense until the topic of aberrants come up and they're all like oh let's do this <laughs> uh, actually i could totally be down i would totally be down with like a weird crossover between mm -hmm. the games of like yeah aberrants and trinity and the trinity continuum stuff and the world of Britain stuff start smacking each other and they're like mm -hmm. we have a really big problem it's like a crisis on infinite like mm -hmm. horrible earths scenario yeah it's like you know an, an aberrant and a marauder team up and it's just bad or like a marauder gets in the trinity continuum and an mm -hmm. aberrant comes here in the world of darkness and he starts mucking up all the mythological crap because his mm -hmm. own mythology starts coming in the marauder is just like weaving all of probability to like annihilating probability in that world mm -hmm. yeah no it's fun stuff but regardless we're going to get on the main topic of the show which is an interview uh, it is with a gentleman named Jason Brick. He is actually fairly well known in the RPG community and he is releasing or has been releasing. And this is just the late one of the latest iterations of uh, something he a uh, collection of essays about role playing games. And these are like, as he says, system and setting agnostic. They are just basically advice and tips and ideas that you can do mm -hmm. for role playing games. Yeah, it's a really good uh, product and it's a really good interview. Uh, so I definitely recommend checking it out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our interview with a good friend of the show named Mr. Jason Brick. He is a author of a unique set of sort of essays called Random Encounters. Hey, Jason. Hey, guys. How you doing? 
we're doing just fine. You're good, sir. Are you keeping yourself nice and tight in your house, I hope? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're fortunate, uh, fortunate enough. My wife and I already work from home. So mm-hmm. really the only big change is the kids are here. Which is nice. I get to see my kids more. (laughs) Yeah, I've had a a lot of coworkers who who have had to start shuffling their kids around, and like Mm. some of them take days off when others don't, just so they're at home. But regardless, we're glad you're doing all right. Um, You, Mr. Jason, Mm. uh, reached out to our show, which we appreciate, and told us about random encounters. And I, we took a look and I'm intrigued. So why don't you tell the audience about random encounters, the thing you've written with your, uh, what your other friend's name is? Jeb Brock. And basically it's just each book is 20 little tidbits that if you imagine a conversation you're having with your gamer friends and you're having a few beers and the conversation drifts to, man, here's something that's driving me nuts with my players or man, here's a really cool idea I've had. Right, because we have those in those conversations, and these books are basically a conversation like that. Twenty little pieces ranging from the social engineering at the table, so that one guy who you like but don't always like gaming with, you start to like gaming with him more, to seeds for adventures or campaigns for various systems, or often they're system and uh, genre agnostic to mm-hmm. specific rule sets you can plop in any game. Everything along those lines, and just random encounters with thoughts and ideas and inspiration for your tabletop role playing. Yeah, it's it's super interesting cuz I, I looked through it and I definitely said that like they did look random. Like there there was just a thread of it's all about gaming but that 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 they were all about things that weren't tied to just Dungeons and Dragons or vampire or any one specific gamer system agnostic as you said. And I, I thought they were quite intriguing. They're very simple. They're only each essay is only a mm, couple pages at most, like yeah. just really short, sweet, to the point sort of conversations. That's really cool. Um, I guess a question I had is yeah. I really kind of want to know a little bit about, more about mm-hmm. you. About how, where did you get your start in gaming? What's your sort of gaming story like? Oh, Lazi. Uh, so I started when I was hanging around in my uncle's basement in 1980 and found the original Dungeons and Dragons box down there. Hmm. and annoyed him until he and my dad ran a game for me and that was it that was third grade and i've been doing it passionately ever since started writing professionally in the industry back in 2011 or 2012 or so over with steve jackson and i'm a freelance writer by trade and at this point about a third of my income comes from the uh, tabletop role-playing industry oh very cool so you you were what sort of uh what games have you worked on I've worked on a little bit for Pathfinder. I'm working for the Grimmer Space expansion for the Starfinder game. I've worked on Call of Cthulhu, a lot of Modiphius's products, Conan, John Carter of Mars, Octoon Cthulhu. I just recently started working with Mongoose over on Paranoia, which just has me oh, giggling cool. with gravely because that's been one of my favorite games ever. <laughs> <laughs> we have a great many friends who have played and or have been around the sphere of Paranoia. I've never played. Uh, Scott, have you ever played Paranoia? I don't think I've ever played it, but I, I know what's going on with that game. That's some good stuff. Um, what like what made you want to put all of this together in this format? Well, there are a couple things that went to it, and one of them is back to uh, Dungeons and Dragons 3.5. If you remember their reboot of Unearthed Arcana, no, sort of. It was it got widely panned because what it was clearly was a bunch of the people working on the game bunch of the editors got all the stuff that didn't make it in the other books and put it into a book together. 
Okay. Were those actual source books that get officially published or was that like a magazine? It was a full magazine, sorry, not magazine, but a full hardback book in the 3.5 era. And then there was a column called Unearthed Arcana that launched with the fourth ed, I think it was. And if it wasn't fourth ed, it was fifth ed. Yeah, I remember now I was jogging my memory there uh, because I think I remember seeing on the books called Unearth Arcana uh, for three and three, three point five specifically. Yeah, Yeah. uh, yeah, those are. uh, Yeah. So you just went and wanted to compile your thoughts into these books. Pretty much. And what ended up happening with that was I went and spent a year living in Malaysia away from all my gaming buddies. (laughs) And that was cool but i missed gaming so what i started doing was having conversations on a google plus back when that was still a thing and after a while i would take i'd throw out an essay like the very first one was about kryptonite as an alternative for specialist wizards where you know specialist wizards usually are you're really good at fire spells so you can't use water spells and so you just don't use water spells ever and it doesn't really impact the player to player balance that that instead of not being able to take water spells, it was like, mm. oh, certain things you, you cast your spells on don't work or things that affect you affect you more readily. Exactly, where your fire wizard isn't just not able to use ice, but cold damage hurts them more. They would have vulnerability in fourth ed parlance, right? It has has a more of a mm. back and forth between the game environment and yourself. Very cool, exactly. I like that. And I more like that meaningful idea. to me. Yeah. So that was oh. the very first conversation. We I threw out like 300 words of ideas, and then the guys and women over there in Google Plus, let's be honest, guys, right? Overweight white guys like like me, <laughs> right? It was Google. You Plus. have a high probability of being correct. <laughs> yes, it was Google Plus after all. Uh, but they responded with some other ideas and some critiques, and then I took those and turned those ideas and the basis into a 500 to thousand word essay. And when I had 20 of them, I put it on. Amazon for 99 cents and weirdly at one point I had five out and all five of them were on the top 10 Amazon category bestsellers for GURPS Mm. at which point I'm like hey maybe I got something going on here Uh, that's actually yeah I can see your um since these are sort of more agnostic to anything Mm. GURPS works very well because GURPS is a huge game system with huge sprawling like you can basically make whatever you want yeah. As long as you're willing to get have all the books for what you want, so this mm-hmm. kind of uh, of content is perfect for that because you can slot it in anywhere, and there's there's should be no issue with it, like yeah. just conceptually. Absolutely, and I think a little had to do with it. At that point, I'd done most of my writing for Steve Jackson, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I had more contacts and more friends with that particular game than with the other games. No, oh, I, I totally yeah. get that. You had a fan base. You had a you had a, a, a audience there, and they just sort of gravitated naturally to it. Once you put the word out that you were writing some stuff. So I have a dangerous question. Ooh. Uh-oh. Uh oh. Yay. Well, it, it's dangerous, you know, facetiously. <laughs> but uh, so, what's your favorite Dungeons and Dragon edition? Oh, <laughs> whichever one I am playing right now, uh, and it doesn't matter answer. which one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not like Fourth Ed, other than but. I didn't not like it enough to not play it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But no, I've, I'm I am really enjoying Fifth Ed. I feel like it it took my favorite parts of Second Ed and my favorite parts of Third Ed. Yeah, and I'm I am enjoying it, but really I'm I'm a slut when it comes to gaming. You just give me some <laughs> friends and a beer and some dice, and I'm not. You know, gaming's like pizza and sex. There's really not any bad gaming or get bad pizza or bad sex unless somebody involved is being an asshole. <laughs> 
That's fair. fair that's a, that's a that's a pretty succinct way of putting it. Uh, man, uh, back in the day when I was gaming, uh, like I was somewhat like not loosey goosey about my gaming because I only want like long term gaming. I didn't want like mm. one offs. But I'm much more liberal now. Was like, oh, we want to play like two sessions of a thing. Sure, why not? We have time. Why not? Yeah, especially as adults when our time is limited, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna complain if the game I can get my ass into is Vampire. Which is, mm-hmm. I will sometimes complain about that, but I don't care anymore. Yeah, <laughs> There's nothing I mean, wrong with the system. It's just not the story I want to tell anymore. But I'd rather tell that story than not tell a story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, how many games are you currently in? Like, so right now, well, right now, just the one because uh, the quarantine shut down the other games. But when uh, when I got things rolling, there's a Dungeons and Dragons game that we've been going for since 2003. The same people. Some people move away, some people move in, but it's been the same core group and different hot seat every couple of years. And I'm playing in that one. I'm running a Modiphius Conan game online right now, which we're Ooh. having a great deal of fun with. And then I try really hard to get a one-off session, just whichever game that I'm really excited about that I haven't had a chance to play. Hmm. I'll put the word out. Hey, who can meet on Saturday and play this game? And get that in about once a month. Yeah. So where where are you located in the country? Where where do you live right now? I'm in I'm in Oregon, about twenty minutes west of Portland. Cool. Cool. Okay. Cool. Good good gaming scene out there. Pretty good. Really really solid. You know we've got a couple of really good FLGSs out here, and then a lot of folks. There's a lot more nerds out here because we got Intel. Yeah, fair. So there's, yeah. there's plenty of games. It's actually interesting. Um, I've, because of the quarantine, I've actually been gaming a lot more because I can do it online fairly readily. And I'm talking to one of my new uh, uh, GMs and he was like, yeah, I'm out in Vegas. But he was like, I started doing stuff online. This was well before the quarantine because like there was the no gaming community in Vegas, like in Mm -hmm. the Vegas area. He was just like, there's nothing. Gaming in Vegas is a different thing. Correct. Like he couldn't (laughs) find role players. He was like, there's some vampire LARPing, but even that's a little like on and off. So Mm -hmm. I, he just had to find people, uh, uh, that were uh, online. Same with a lot of people I know from Australia who like mm. they they do a lot of online gaming because I encounter Australians and New Zealand people from New Zealand all the time in online games. Mm. Cool. Yeah, I'm enjoying right now that the, the Conan game online is involving a couple of my regular locals and then a guy I haven't gamed with since college mm-hmm. and another guy I hadn't ga- haven't gamed with since grad school. So, and these guys are all over the country. And it's nice to see them again and play with them again. Yeah, I mean, we've commented a few times about how, um, you know, the the tools available now for online gaming, like these just things that weren't existing, uh, you yeah. know, when, when we were all coming up. Uh, and it's really nice. And it's definitely getting a lot of stress testing right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm actually amazed that Zoom hasn't just crashed and burned. Well, it had some yeah. issues. It was a little dicey when yeah. the big wave started. Um, yeah. My brother works for uh, Microsoft at Xbox, and mm-hmm. the times that he is stressed out the most are when a major game like the new Grand Theft Auto or something's going to drop, and Christmas morning, yeah. when the <laughs> network just sees this enormous spike above what they're used to. Mm-hmm. And of course, they have a huge team, and as he puts it, infinite money to throw at that problem. <laughs> Whereas Zoom was not that kind of, I was, I'm, was surprised Zoom managed at all even with the problems they had. Now they seem to have scratched it away. I, I, know, I know this is a little bit of an off-topic 
conversation that we're having, but I don't mind having because it, it is gamer related. Is yeah. well, Zoom has been sort of a, a under the radar thing for the last yeah. like year, two years, because mm. businesses have been doing it, people have been because Skype has always been the big thing. But recently, when when Scott told me, oh, this is thing called Zoom. We started using it and we started paying for it. But the moment we started paying for it, it like opened up like this is what exclusively what we use. Screw yeah. Scrape. It does so many good. Zoom is so simple yet easy to use. Can't say enough good things about Zoom. And you know what Jeb taught me just uh, recently? Because uh, we did a fiasco game with him and a few people the other day. We actually wrote a fiasco uh, playset about quarantine and the virus. Oh, geez. Um, oh, my. Because we're horrible people. And that's actually going <laughs> yeah. live on Thursday. Uh, oh, this Thursday. Cool. So by the time your readers hear this, it'll be available. It's going to be our net, our newest. Hey, you get this for free if you sign up for our newsletter um, freebie. Hey, awesome. uh, link in the show notes, everyone. If you're interested, Fiasco is a fantastic like party game, period. Like If you're like, I, we have four hours to kill and we're all gamers, let's mm. play Fiasco. Because yeah. if you know yeah. Fiasco and you can hit it, it's great. It's It's a silly, silly time. Yeah, I heard about a game uh, a couple of people I know ran uh, that's over online. Uh, it's Changeling the Lost, but in the time of quarantine, uh, which if you think about that game and how social the changelings are and how much they need to be around people, like, oh, God. That would be brutal. Nope. Yeah, nope, 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 nope. yeah, the takeaway line from our game was, uh, I'm not a cannibal. They volunteered. <laughs> 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 nice nice but but jeb apparently knew this and this is where i learned this that roll 20 online gaming platform you know the audio and video can sometimes be sketchy oh yeah no it's awful but you run zoom and then load up roll 20 and turn off the mic and the video for roll 20 oh yeah absolutely and it works just I, it had not occurred to me this was witchcraft, and mm -hmm. I'm never doing it another way. Yeah, <laughs> um, so much better. That's that's how we've been rolling. Yeah, we've been doing that. Is just zooming yeah. everything, and then using Roll Twenty. And Roll Twenty has been a little bit. Uh, we only had a few issues, but I think they've they've gotten caught up with most of the demand at this point. But yeah. there was one weekend, like very early in the quarantine, where it was just like, oh well, we're gonna sit here for five minutes while we let everything load. Wow. So are yeah. you uh, primarily uh, tabletop? Have you ever done any LARPing? Is that any a part of your repertoire? I did a little LARPing in college. It's not really my thing. You know, mm -hmm. I'm, not, I'm not one of those guys who looks at LARPers the way that jocks looked at us in high school. <laughs> it's, 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 it's not my bag. Sure. So I guess the, the book doesn't have much on LARPing. It's just pretty tabletop focused. A little bit more these days. Uh, Jeb joined the project about, about two years ago now, and he has more drama background. And gives advice that would apply to LARPing. Cool. Yeah. So uh, speaking back into the book, the mm -hmm. one you gave us, which was, it says season two, episode one. So this is obviously a new a series of, yeah. of of books you're going to come out with with these small essays. Um, mm -hmm. Of this one, you, especially the one you gave us, which one are you most proud of in this book? Oh, man. So I have no real memory at this point of which is in which book. <laughs> but... A couple of pieces that got a lot of attention and a lot of people have come back to me later saying, man, this was freaking awesome, were there was an adventure idea where – so you imagine a city in a fantasy campaign, right? Dungeons and Dragons sort of thing. Yep. And across the bay, there's a dragon that lives in a mountain. And the dragon has developed a symbiotic relationship where if they send it enough sheep and enough money, it's not going to kill them all. And it's going to protect them from the other countries. they got this mm -hmm. relationship going on. So you and your adventuring party, probably like eighth or ninth level from D&D &D terms, are sitting there in the cafe having lunch. 
when out from the mag and burnt the the mountain bursts the dragon beset upon by four or five flying high level characters they have this massive battle over the bay and then they all die and the dragon and the adventurers plunge into the bay so you and all the other adventurers in this adventurer town know where there's an unguarded dragon horde within about a two days walk oh boy <laughs> and you get and, and half the city saw that so go now exactly and that's so that's cool. that's one of the adventure ideas and we've gotten a lot of good feedback from that i, I like uh, that one a lot because there, there's the the immediate angle of we can go after the dragon's horde but there's also like the geopolitical problem in the yeah. long term it's like uh he's not here to protect this 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 uh kingdom anymore yeah what happens <laughs> yeah just think just wait until the city a couple of days away which has a really big army hears about the dragon horde right mm -hmm. You know, so and of course, you know, everybody runs into the adventurer supply shop and that guy's going full California gold rush on his prices. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's oh, that's that's a very interesting idea. I like that because it it, it, it makes things uh a lot of tension and a lot of excitement, but without feeling dire. Like it's like, yeah. oh sure, there may be bad things, but those are not immediate. It's not like, oh, the volcano's erupting. It's not the the it's not immediate danger, so it creates this like positive sense of excitement. Like, yeah, ooh, we're gonna go get the we're gonna go get the stuff, and it'll be great, and nobody will be there, and everyone's trying to do it. It's a little more fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then Jeb's come up with some really good stuff for uh, managing the table and for presenting the information and doing voices he's really good at voices and character mm -hmm. so he's added mm -hmm. a couple of things like that he put in he's also an amazing map maker and he drew for one of the more recent ones a map for an asteroid mining colony that could just as easily be dropped in the middle of a mountain and become a dwarf stronghold yeah i think this is the one you sent okay. us i think it's in here yeah an asteroid space station and i when i first saw it i thought it was oh no it's a it's a it's a it's like a it's a dungeon area that you can totally do but i can totally see it as an asteroid as well see it for either or yeah so yeah De jeb's just such an amazing artist and a creative guy and so a lot of his stuff is uh blowing me away since he came on board so how did you uh, how did you meet Jeb? Is it someone you've known for a while, or just hooked up on the internet? What what's the story there? Jeb and I are both uh, fans of Fear the Boot, and we you know you guys know from Fear the Boot, of course. Uh, it's another tabletop role playing game podcast. Yeah, I've heard of and, it. And they have an annual convention, and hmm. we just happen to be there and hang out. And he and I both have very similar experiences. We're both martial artists and nerds, and got along real well. Cool. Hmm. Uh, the one I've, I've uh, when I was reading through this, the one I really enjoyed, like just straight up reading and absorbing, was uh, was your conversation on what's called the long voyage, which is oh, uh, conversation and sort of like, hey GM, this is how you can make travel interesting mm. with a group, especially because Scott and I are in Star Wars right now, and mm. we've had to have this somewhat of this conversation. We didn't go too extensive as your essay goes. It talks about is like, okay, you guys are on a long voyage and you're on a spaceship. You're going somewhere, but you are in tight quarters for weeks. Mm. Instead of just like going, oh, it's been several weeks, and then you, you arrive, you actually go through the thing of, what's what's the how did you piss each other off how did you all resolve it what's everyone sort of doing during this downtime like really just like 
extrapolating like the social dynamics of a group that has to be contained and very close proximity to each other for long periods of time. Hmm. Yeah, that's uh that use of downtime is something I think was missing from our games for a long while. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm not a very smart person, but what I do is listen closely to very smart people. <laughs> and so I started noticing that Savage Worlds did something about that. You know, the most recent edition of Dungeons and Dragons has that downtime uh, mm. mechanic and things mm-hmm. like that. And then that got just me thinking about that and how could we all put those in our games in again a system agnostic way. So yeah, I'm I've been in a lot of games where I'm like we've we've always been torn between like, hey, we want to get to the adventure, but we also want to do character stuff in between the adventures because that's because if you look at um Lord of the Rings, I always think of it because mm. it's a lot of it, a lot of it's all about walking, right? There yeah. are these moments where they pause and there's no big action going on, but they do talk to each other and you get a sense of the characters and their interactions yeah. on the journey because it's important to see who these characters are and to enrich the experience, which I, which is what your uh, advice strictly like sort of comes out is like, let's here are some really good questions to answer when you're dealing with long stretches of time with people that you're mo- traveling with. Yeah. It's an opportunity. Yeah. And I like, absolutely. To, I like to see that. Uh, so Scott, did you uh, going through it? Which ones did you enjoy? The, the ones that highlighted for you? Um, I think I, re- I really liked the um, uh, the li- just like that short list of items that you had near the near mm. the beginning of it. Uh, it was just, uh, just interesting magic items that weren't too like breaking the bank, but really uh, they were really cool. Some really good ideas in there. Um, yeah, I yeah, think- thank you. That's that's one of my pet peeves. Uh, the thing you asked me which uh, edition of Dungeons and Dragons I like uh-huh. best. The thing I hated about 3.0, 3.5 was how they commoditized magic, where you no longer had a plus two sword. You had a sword of not being minus two compared to the math of the game. <laughs> made magic items math, right? And math, mm-hmm. although it can be fascinating and elegant, is not what I'm sitting down for. I want a magic item that's interesting. A magic item that does shit that is on stage, on screen, that creates interesting choices that is more than just mathematics it's it's interesting you say the the term use the term interesting choices because Mm. uh reading through this and what you've been talking about reminds me a lot of uh advice i've seen from matt coville um if you're Mm. familiar with who he is i'll take that uh well as in you have stuff you're thinking along the same lines which is make interesting choices i'll take that Character, characters <laughs> characters need to be making yeah. interesting choices. Mm-hmm. Items need to be uh, enacting interesting choices on the characters. Mm-hmm. Like one of the ones I really like is, uh, it's one like literally your first one is the swash, uh, Switchblade Gauntlet, which is a gauntlet that can make either small weapons or useful items for you. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, that that's really cool. It's really useful. It has really only no mechanical benefit other than what you can do with the tool if you're able to use the tool but it still creates something interesting, useful, fun, and intriguing because it says something about why do you have it? Why is why does this game world have a gauntlet like this? That kind of stuff. I yeah. The I, history of that's actually um, one of my friends who I gamed with for a long time just couldn't get over the encumbrance issue where every single PC is carrying more than any human being can carry, not just from carrying <laughs> capacity, but just it's four times as mass at this point. <laughs> he's just got a, it's just a big Sherpa thing on his back. He's, he's like, yeah. uh, was it Death Stranding? He's just Death yeah. Stranding it on his back. And it's like, and I finally said, you know what, dude, fuck it. Here, here's a gauntlet. 
All your stuff's in the gauntlet. I don't care how. You snap your fingers. The thing you want's in your hand. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I also like the uh, the uh, alternate currencies list. Yeah. Uh, that you had in there. That that was some really interesting ideas of like how how to handle that sort of thing. It's really cool. I like that one too. Well, thank you. That one actually came also from Malaysia. They have this little. I lived in Malacca, which was a huge economic center for a couple hundred years. And they had a maritime museum that was in a ship, an old, you know, an old reconstructed tall ship. And one of the exhibits was just all the different currencies from the area. And it was everything from coins to little statues of dragons of specific sizes hmm. to, it was to you know, little cakes of tea with a stamp on them. Neat. That's and that's just, cool. Yeah, it was. It was really cool. That's really neat. I, I didn't think it was like, oh yeah, cakes with blank or like little like clay, not coins, but like mm. like uh, stamped clay little uh, mm. plates or something like that, where you can use as like currency. Yeah, stuff like that. Um, also, you have a really cool here called uh, Arginopolis, which is sort of like, hey, would you like to have a setting? that you can, uh, and we'll give you suggestions for low, medium, and high level play or big level play. Obviously, again, system agnostic, so they don't don't spell it out for like D&D levels here, but the idea of just here's a place you could put in your world and we give you a little bit of guidance on if you're, if you're stuck on ideas, here, have some ideas, go, have fun. Well, that's what I like so much about you, the, the book that really inspired that, that old Unearthed Arcana, because... The criticism was real, that it was clearly just ideas that some of the editors have had, that they didn't make the final cut that they wanted to put in there. Mm -hmm. But it was Mm -hmm. also just reading a whole shit ton of really cool ideas, (laughs) (laughs) right? And there aren't enough books like like that out there. And so I wanted to make a few. Yeah, the the, the one that reminds me of most recently is in the – so for – Oh, sorry, my brain just stopped. Uh, for Legend of the Five Rings, the fifth edition mm. book, the the big setting books slash adventure books, because that's what a lot of people are doing now is they're putting adventures mm. and and source books all in the same thing. Yeah, uh, that book has like twenty different little story hooks, and they're only like part of a page, but they're like mm. here's the beginning, middle, and end. Here's a little story hook. Go, uh, and it's yeah. not even part of the main adventure. And I really enjoy that. I, that's I was like, oh, that's super easy to do. I don't know why more game systems haven't thought about that earlier is putting stuff of really short but very punchy uh, adventure hooks and ideas into their books so that you can kind of just fire fire and go. Yeah, I suspect a lot of the major publishers, they come up with an idea that's good enough to go ahead and spend money to print and they put it in their pocket because it's maybe good enough for them to expand into a, into a whole product they can sell. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but that's just a guess. I haven't gotten confirmation from anybody or anything like that. <laughs> for me that's that's the whole point you know you have the idea you have the conversation you put it out there and see what happens well obviously we'll have a link in the show notes for all yeah. of these books and anything you want to give us so so uh, people who are interested could go mm-hmm. go purchase these because they sound very cheap and readily available so why not yeah. so yeah uh, you can find us on amazon of course and we have a community there on facebook um the iron not iron rider that's my other community for freelancers but uh <laughs> Random Encounters. I think it's Roleplay Random Encounters is the full name and the URL, Mm -hmm. but you can find it and find me pretty easily. And we just get in there, tell jokes, talk shop. (laughs) Uh, So uh, what's what's something that hasn't been released yet that you're you're really looking forward to getting out there? So the the pandemic playset. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's going to be real fun. <laughs> uh, that uh, we're also what we do is each season is five books, and then we release a print edition omnibus that has the material from those first those five books, and we expand it and we update it, and then we throw in a few more essays just for fun, throw in some extra art, things like that. We've just released the fourth episode of season two, and the fifth one is already ready to go. And so shortly after, after that, we're going to go ahead and start kickstarting the season two omnibus and put in more and better art as we get more backing. Oh, cool. And so we're excited about that. And then next season, we're going to, instead of doing these kind of random scatter books, we're going to kind of deep dive five times on different aspects of gaming and game mastering. Oh, and very so cool. We're kind of excited to see how that goes. That's super cool. Yeah, that's yeah, super it'll cool. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, that's definitely something mm. you, your book like sort of made me start thinking about is like the idea of content that is not uh, attached to any one IP property at the time. Just like let's just like our our uh, podcast. Just let's talk about the culture and aspects of gaming. Obviously, you do something a little more specific with it by going here are some cool suggestions of how to deal with problem players or here's something cool for your setting but just the idea of like something written that anyone can read that says here's just some really good advice that you may need to read in order for you to help you like become either a better player a gm or just a player just a better person when you're at the gaming table and i think a lot of the podcasts address that really well also like yours like dan's like all of those because that's kind of the the meat and potatoes of this kind of conversation. You know, it's always yes. sitting around having a beer, talking to people who like the hobby and seeing yeah. what shakes out. Actually, thank you for bringing us up because I wanted to ask, mm-hmm. how'd you find our show? Because you, because you have the honor of being one of the first people that have reached out to us for an interview. They were like, we would like to come on your show. And I appreciate that. Oh. So I wanted to know how you, how did you hear about us? I'm very active in the tabletop role-playing games community group on Facebook. I think it's actually called tabletop role-playing games. It's got about 25,000 members, I think. Mm-hmm. And I just popped up there one day because the plan was to get on some podcasts and talk about the book and just asked, Hey, what's your favorite tabletop role-playing game podcast? And your guys came up as one of them. Oh, excellent. Cool. Yeah. Yay, we have fans. Yay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, a few sounds like. <laughs> Yeah, very cool, yeah. very cool. And so you have a lot of cool stuff coming up. Um, I think that's a good point. Uh, is yeah. there anything you, before we sort of start wrapping things up with this interview, uh, what are some, is there anything you'd like to talk about that we may have missed or that we may have uh, neglected to talk about? Nothing I can think of. This is a great conversation. I really appreciate it, guys. Very good. And thank you very much for coming on. Um, if people, obviously you've already given out some of the details of how people contact you, but if people mm. want to get you, hit you up on Twitter or something else, uh, why don't you just give a shout out how they can do that? I'm on Facebook. Just find Jason Brick. I'm the only Jason Brick who's uh, into gaming and martial arts. So <laughs> find me there. And um, yeah, that Venn diagram. Yeah. Yeah. The Venn diagram. Hashtag yeah. TTRG RPG. <laughs> yeah, I like to say I multi-class nerd jock. Um, <laughs> yeah, I believe I, I've the term uh, for I've heard that is half elf. Mm, there you go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Guy called me that in a bar once. I whipped his nah. Mm. Uh, uh, yeah, but other than that, you can always email me at brick comma Jason at gmail.com. Uh, comma spelled out. Okay, that's cute. Noted. That's the one way to do it. <laughs> Check this book out, yeah. pick them up wherever you can. Links in the, all in the show notes and all that fun stuff. So, um, all right. Thank you for being on. on. 
All right. Thank you very much, guys. Yeah, no that was great. Take care. See you around. That was a good interview, Scott. I liked it a lot. Yeah, it really, it really was. He was a cool dude. I like, uh, I like where his head is at. It kind of reminded me of uh, Play Dirty. Yes. Uh, uh, the John Wick series. Uh, related to that, I think he's been like redoing the Play Dirty series or rereading. Uh, he's he's reading the Play Dirty series on YouTube. Okay. Cool. He's just he's just reading it chapter by chapter as a thing to do during yeah. during the dark times during during the the, the not so bright times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will be I'll happily put that in the show notes for everyone if because if you haven't listened to the Play Dirty or read Play Dirty, you should. It's really it's good, good advice. It's, it's 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 very interesting because he's also like doing commentary on it <laughs> of like I was a very uh, I was a younger and more angry person when I wrote this. I need to watch into this because I I remember him. I remember watching these going. Eh, I think you're a little, you got, you're getting a little upset about mm-hmm. what you're doing, what you're saying there. Yep. Yep. So it's, it's been interesting. I ha- I need to sit down and watch it. Um, mainly because most of my like RPG entertainment time has been being, been eating up with fantasy high. Uh, yes, 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 uh, yes. Which fantasy high is like the college humor. People have their own streaming service called dropout TV and they, they run games and, uh, Brendan Mulligan is a fucking genius. Uh, he is, and I don't say this lightly, everyone. He is literally one of the best GMs I've ever seen. Period. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. he is so he makes it look so effortless. It's it's ridiculous. It's like yeah, and so and something that doesn't come across uh, in like the the video the clips that they have on YouTube is like the, the way that that game is set up. They've got a session of pure role play. And then a session that starts off at the very least with a big set piece um, combat. Mm-hmm. And they bring out like the cool maps, the big miniatures. Um, like they do, like they can, they obviously go back and like arrange the miniatures and little cinematic scenes. Right. Uh, with like, like, like different, like, ma- like magical effects on them. So they like highlight a scene that was in the combat and just sort of like do a little cin- cinematic shot of it so it's really fun to watch on multiple levels the players are really funny and he is a goddamn comedic and like game master genius like his craftsmanship is is next to it's on point i mean obviously you know they also he also benefits from edit video editing yes (laughs) uh, which helps with that that snappy timing uh but it's fun as hell to watch yeah um uh and just we'll be wrapping up here for just a moment but uh along the name line somebody uh uh, puffin forest has been retelling his curse of strahd campaign and he's been doing little like instead of doing full animated like shorts that he normally does he only does like scenes sure but he's narrating like in 30 minute chunks of his game it's mm-hmm. actually um, like so funny and but also deeply tragic like cool like yeah another ouch. one that's- Another one that's doing like a retelling that, that's set to, to animate is Z Bradshaw. He doesn't do it very often, but his campaign, The Cold Road. Yes. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That is so good. The Cold Road, yes. Yeah, yeah. When they're tracking down this asshole Kenku. Yeah. Uh, who just get, keeps fucking them over. Uh, the, like, the that's, curse- like, that's just a really good idea for a campaign of like, like I think from what I remember, like you started off as like, okay, the, you have been on this guy's trail for a long time. Like, I uh, like, and it got me thinking like, yeah, a way to start a campaign is like, let's all sit down. And I want each of you to come up with like three things that this bad guy has done to you. Right. Like it's, it's a, it's a very much into action in media res, like mm-hmm. go, you are already in the middle of the action of doing the thing you're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. 
we're not going to think about like how does the party get together you're already party just go forward mm-hmm. and and that's such a good way and like and obviously tv does that all the time to attract an audience of like oh why is why is the mandalorian already on this hunt what's he doing mm-hmm. okay like you got to learn as you go because there's yeah. no setup no but that's that's fun i i hope he releases more of those and yes. uh yeah no it's it, it's a golden era of rpg entertainment Yes, it is. Like, there's a lot of really good stuff out there. Yes, there is. And, and I know I know, we went a little off topic because we, we just had the interview, but yep. uh, Jason, like, really just sort of sparked that this in us because he's obviously knee-deep in all of the RPG stuff that's going on, and this type of advice that he was sort of highlighting can help anyone, can help anyone in any situation, and that's really useful for everyone, and that will be useful for us and you. Yep, absolutely. So give his stuff out. Give a, get his, yeah, edit this part out. Yeah, so give his stuff a look-see, and yes. you will enjoy it, I think. Yes, um, and so from everyone here at Polyhedron, go where your fun is. Go roll some dice. Oh. And live in your box. Live in your stay box. in your box. Please stay in your box. Oh, my God. Bye, guys. Hey, Matthew here. I just wanted to let you know, if you want to get feedback to Polyhedron, you can go to polyhedronpodcast at gmail.com, or you can go to the show's Twitter handle at polyhedroncast. Uh, if you'd really like to help us out, you can go to our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash polyhedron. Uh, give us a buck a month and become one of our bosses and really support the show. And if you're looking to get in touch with us on Twitter, you can find Matthew at BioImportance. You can find Scott at DivasMallCalf. And you can find Ryan at Arduous. Do you want to spell it? R-J-U-O-U-S. And finally, just so we can wrap it up here, if you are listening to this on iTunes, Stitcher, or anywhere, give us a five-star review. It really helps our exposure. All right. Thanks, guys.